0: Blue Iron New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers We believe we found the right guy Garoppolo quick pass caught
1: What is going on, folks? Welcome to another week of Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode, as always, is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers, and joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back and genuine Arkansas resident, Eric Crocker. How you doing, brother?
2: <laughs> I'm good. You know, no. You know, I always have something to kind of complain about. Dude, I've been... I'm supposed to be renewing my tags. And (laughs) I had a tough... (laughs) So I had a tough time renewing them in California because um, all the DMVs were shut down. So I come out here and I'm trying to, you know, renew tags and whatnot. And first, I get up there and they're like, oh, you can't can't renew them because uh, you have to go get this thing that they call... uh, what's it? An assessment. You have to go to the courthouse and get an assessment. So you get an assessment done on your vehicle. And then once you get the assessment done, you have to, um, you, you go back to the DMV. Oh no, you have to uh, claim it as a, a property tax. So you have to claim your vehicle as a property tax. So you go through that whole thing. So then they're like, okay, now you can go back to the DMV. So I go back to the DMV now, right? This may be a couple of days later. I go back to the DMV I, I'm like, okay, I want to um, renew my tax. I went to I got the assessment done and everything you guys told me to do. So I get back and they're like, uh, where's your insurance? So I show them my insurance and they're like, oh, well, you have liability insurance on your vehicle. You have to have a certain type of insurance to be insured in Arkansas because of the minimum something. I'm like, what? Like, what is it? So then I go, I get that changed. And then I'm like, okay, I want to get my license as well. They're like, okay. But... We're gonna need this. Like it was like uh, they needed my social and my birth certificate, and it can't be a copy of my birth certificate. It has to be like my like, real like birth certificate. And man, I mean, I've just been like, so you call me an official resident of Arkansas, but technically I'm not yet because <laughs> I, haven't <been laughs> to, I haven't been able to complete anything that I've been trying to do. It's really kind of stupid, really to be honest.
1: You know, it's funny that you say that too because the last like three days I've spent gathering up all the same documents because my driver's license has been expired for a while. So I've been riding dirty pretty much. Oh, you riding
2: yeah, dirty. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right, right. Now, it, in my defense, what had happened was is I scheduled an appointment that was like a month out, you know, because that's how the DMV is in California. Like nothing gets done soon. And you can just walk in, but you're asking for just hours of wait. So – Scheduled an appointment a month out. Um, then I got on to confirm that appointment and it was just not there. Like I'd not done it. Like there was just nothing there and I didn't have anything to say about it. It just wasn't there. So then I had to schedule another appointment and that was another month out. So oh, like I said, this whole time I'm riding dirty. I'm like, I'm, you know, making sure I'm going the speed limit and, <laughs> and which I normally don't do. I mean, I don't drive crazy fast, but nobody goes to speed limit. Come on now. And um, right. so then that date gets pretty close and coronavirus hits and the DMV closes and my appointment gets canceled. And luckily with quarantine, I wasn't driving a whole lot anyways, but then my date finally rolls around and which was just a couple days ago. Wait, it was yesterday. Sorry. They're all blending together. <laughs> and you know, the day before that I'm getting all my documents together and I had to get my genuine social security card, which I had. Um, luckily I had a couple years ago, I had gone on a cruise and to Mexico, and if you wanted to go out, you know, and step foot off the boat and go to Mexico, you had to have, you had to make sure you had all these forms of identification, um, you know, because technically you're, you're, you know, leaving and entering America, you know, right, back and forth. So I had, I had uh, certified birth certificates uh, made. I couldn't find them. It took me hours to find them and i finally i get it all together i go into the, the dmv was awesome because usually that place is just a zoo there's just people everywhere and it's such a pain in the butt but since nobody's allowed in there without an appointment there was like four other people in there i only had to wait for like five minutes for you know a window to open up and i squared it all away and i got my driver's license and it, it, i got my interim driver's license which is just a piece of paper And now my then my real driver's license is supposed to be here in like a week and a half and you know, it just feels good to be on the right side of the law again.
2: <laughs> you're not riding dirty anymore. <laughs> you know, know. The crazy thing you, you, you talked about your wait time. Um, in Arkansas, when I walk into the <laughs> when I walk into the DMV, there is no wait. You should walk right up to the window because <laughs> I'm in such a small town.
1: Man, that's incredible, bro. That's I mean, yeah. it sounds like you're going through your own pain in the ass stuff, but at the same time, like the D, if you're from California. And I don't know if it's the same way universally throughout California or maybe it's just bigger towns. But the DMV is like, like before you go to the DMV, you have to like pep talk yourself. Like you're in the car, you look at yourself in the review mirror and you're like, all right, you're going to go in here and you're going to get what you need and you're going to get it done quick. And you're going to make sure that you don't let anything stop you. <laughs> like you have to you have to get fired up to go into a California yeah. DMV. So it's ridiculous. But anyways, we're I'm sure you guys didn't come here to hear our dmv stories but at least you know me and Kroger. that's how you know that we're on the same page like at, the, at like they say in relationships you're like we're in sync man like, we like are we're in both sync. Handla- we're both handling our dmv business at the same time without even talking about it so that's right that's that's where <laughs> we're at around <laughs> that's where we're at around here um but anyways probably the, probably the biggest news um to come from the 49ers i guess since since the draft would be uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to be hanging out for a little bit longer. He got a, he had three, he still had three years left on his contract, so he he was in no way due for you know he wasn't expiring by any means, um, but apparently Jed York liked what Kyle Shanahan had done so much, and he had every right to, that the the, the two just sat down and worked out a new six year deal that makes Kyle Shanahan um, a top five paid coach in the NFL, and he will be hanging around, I believe it is through the 2025 season. So it was six additional years starting this year. Um, So the three years that he had left on his deal, those were just basically thrown away. And he signed an entirely new contract that will keep him around through the 2025 season, which, I mean, obviously it's, it's huge news when, when, you know, for coaches to be kept around like that, especially when you think about how many coaches around the league constantly get close to their deal and how you have to read about headlines about whether or not they're gonna be kept around. I mean, 49ers fans, if obviously if you've been around for a little while, you know, you heard it all with the Harbaugh stuff and 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 how his contract was unfolding and, and, you know, as he started to creep towards his deal and how everything started to fall apart and, you know, all that stuff. And and obviously that was a completely different era. Completely different it feels like a different era, but completely right. different time. And you know, it just, to me, it, it was the least surprising huge news the 49ers have had in a while. Like, I was, you know, when it popped up, Adam Schefter tweeted it, I was like, huh, that makes sense. You know, like, I, I've i talked to a lot of players, obviously, in the locker rooms throughout the season. I play video games with some of them. I have never, and not that, not that anybody would, would outwardly say that, but... I mean, we're talking about even guys that aren't even with the organization anymore that if they wanted to speak badly of Kyle Shanahan could. That being said, I've, I've never heard a bad thing said about the guy from a player's perspective. Uh, I mean, like I, I, and it's, like I said, it's easy for a player to not speak bad about somebody while they're with the organization. That would be r- stupid. <laughs> right. um, but I mean, I've, like I said, I talked to guys who aren't even with the 49ers anymore, and they like they've just loved him. Like, you know, your head coach wears Yeezys and he's, he's not ignorant. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I could probably come up with more eloquent words to describe Kyle Shanahan than, than talking about his Yeezys, but you know, it's just, he's, he's just from what I knew, he was just universally loved by the players and obviously he's, he's loved by the people above him and ownership because they could not wait to to lock him up for more time. Um, I don't know. what, What were your thoughts, Croc? I mean, Anything surprise you about that?
2: Nah, yeah. I was just looking at it like, cool. <laughs> you know, like, that. that's what's up. You know, you, when you have a good coach, you kind of just know. And I think there's been so much turnover with the 49ers um, and their coaching staff over, you know, since the Harbaugh firing. You know, what was it, four straight years, four different head coaches, right? Or three straight. Yeah, no because It was Harbaugh, Chip. I mean, Harbaugh, Tom Sula, Chip, and then Shanahan. It was four right. straight years, four different head coaches. And to see, you know, the same coach for three years and now, you know, even extended for, you know, a longer period than that, you know, it looks like he'll be the 49ers coach for, you know, nine straight years. Right. That's what it looks like. If you, you know, if he plays out the, you know, his own contract um, that's cool, man, that's cool. And I think with those years, there's going to be, you know, we've already seen some downs, we've seen some ups and there might be some seasons that might be a little bit more <laughs> mediocre, but I think at the end of the day, when you have you know Shanahan, and he's you know walking step for step with you know Lynch and Peters and those guys, and they have a plan and to kind of see to know that you're going to have some level of consistency, um, that's what it looks like at least. Uh, that's that's exciting. So I, I was excited. And I thought of someone. I don't know if it was Grant Cohn who was like. The 49ers should lock him up, but they won't, or it was somebody. I want to say with Greg Carr, because he's usually stirring those things up. But uh Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it, it, it was really good to see uh him signing. for 49ers just you know continue to to commit to him. But now I I have seen the questions and we will get to the quarterbacks, but now I've seen the questions like well, what's stopping the 49ers from extending Jimmy Garoppolo if they believe in him, if they have his back, why <laughs> right, right, he right, right. I'm like, oh god.
1: Right. No, I mean, to me, it's it's just another small feather in Jed York's cap to him seemingly turning the corner from maybe what was kind of an immature and inexperienced CEO back during the, you know, the Harbaugh years to somebody who is proactive and, you know, with everything he's done. Um, in terms of social inequality and how outward he's been about supporting players to include colin Kaepernick and now he's you know he's, he's he went through the process of you know and, and if you remember back before they hired kyle shanahan they they went through a, an exhaustive process to before they got to him and they waited for him because kyle shanahan was in the super Bowl so they had to wait an uncomfortably long period of time to to lock up kyle shanahan and you know, it just speaks to kind of Jed York's maturity and in and, and realizing that that you know these moves are not always easy to make or they're not you're not always guaranteed success, but sometimes you have to take risks and, and stuff like that. And it's and for him to just you know with three whole like three years like that's way ahead. Like you know, a lot of coaches get extended on the final like right before the final year of their deal, or you know if they're or two but before the third year like that's. You know, that just tells you how much those two are gelling together, which is one of the very first and most important ingredients to building a successful team and maintaining it is just like a cohesive bond but from the top down we're talking all the way from CEO down to head coach and that type of stuff and obviously to GM and and when players see that it it permeates into their locker room as well like if if everybody's on the same page together then you win a lot of football games and to me that's and like I said we're talking about the very top here all the way up to the CEO and ownership but the fact that the, that jed York had the forethought to just say okay I absolutely love what Kyle Shanahan is doing he took my team to the Super Bowl in his third year he probably could have gotten close to taking him to the Super Bowl in his second year had Jimmy Garoppolo not gotten hurt you know and, and he was just like let's just do it let's just get this over with and it's it's obviously not a cheap it's obviously not a cheap deal if it's going to make him a top five head coach. But there's just nothing about it that I even remotely smirked at. Like, I think Kyle Shanahan's worth, Kyle Shanahan's worth whatever money you want to pay him. If he would have became the highest paid head coach in the NFL, I probably wouldn't have thought it was that big a deal. Because, you know, it kind of has that quarterback vibes where, okay, this coach is the highest paid, then now this coach is the highest. You know, that sort of thing. And, you know, so it's just it, – it all made sense to me, and I was just – it's cool. I love Shanahan, man. I love listening to the guy talk. I love watching him work. I love watching the plays. I love watching him on the sideline, and to know that the, the team loves him too, and he's going to be sticking around for a while. That's, I mean, that's just a good feeling all around.
2: Yeah. I, I think an interesting fact was to hear that Kyle Shanahan doesn't have an agent. And I think he kind of constructed his own deal. So I think that Yeah, I know. Him kinda... and he
1: probably got with Richard Sherman and was like. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure Richard Sherman was pumped to hear that too. I mean, not that players and head coaches are in the same ballpark when it comes to contracts, but, um, you know, that is that is interesting. But at the same time, I mean, does it surprise you? Kyle Shanahan's like, he seems like he's one of those guys that is probably kind of like a genius, you know, if he probably took one of those intelligence tests or an IQ test or whatever, uh, he'd probably test like really, really well. He just, he loves football, so that's what he's a genius in. So it wouldn't surprise me if Kyle Shanahan also was really good at negotiating contracts. You know, it's just, it's just the way he is. Yeah.
2: Some people are but, just really smart.
1: <laughs> right. It happens. It happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a positive thing. And, and I, I feel like it's kind of just another step in what has been a really, really smart and good off season for the 49ers. And, and you know, it's it's just that simple. Now, there's some more things to talk about with this. But before we do that, I always wait too long to do it. So I'm going to do it ahead of time this time. I'm going to get a quick word in from our sponsors, Bet Online, before we carry on. Otherwise, it'll be another 15, 20 minutes before I do it. And then I'm like behind the curve. So you guys know that there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. We are telling you about it every week. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online's leading the way with the best odds and lines for UFC, NASCAR, boxing, soccer. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. If you're looking for something other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code bluewire for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, Blue Wire, bluewire, b l u e w i r e. Betonline is your online wagering expert. Back to 49ers land. The big and this was this was brought up in addition to Kyle Shanahan's contract extension, the thing that was brought up kind of right away was what, what does this mean for John Lynch? Cause the two were hired together. Like they were like, I don't know if they had identical contracts. I know that they matched in terms of year, but excuse me, but there was definitely, you know, that, that kind of attached at the hip vibe when they were both signed, they both wanted to work together. And by all accounts, They've meshed extremely well, other than that one report a long time ago, but that kind of got laughed at, and it doesn't really seem like anything ever materialized of it. The John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan seem to be like good friends, and they've taken this relationship and turned it into pretty success pretty successful drafts and obviously a lot of winning. And they built a really good roster in a very short period of time. So now that the the team has gone out of its way to extend Kyle Shanahan there, you, you can, I can guarantee you that there is talk going on behind the scenes um, in regards to John Lynch's contract, because I would say that, I mean, obviously Kyle Shanahan is the gem. He's, he's the, he's the brain of the operation, but John Lynch has done just as well. Uh, you know, in terms of his job description, John Lynch has done just as well as Kyle Shanahan, in my opinion, like, They've, they've both, and, and again, it's the two of them together. They draft together even, but they both have just in, in, done an, an incredible job, in my opinion. So you would think that there has to be something going on with John Lynch's contract as well. Now, the question is, is his next contract going to going to keep him as a general manager, or is it going to take him above and beyond that? You know, it, it, it it's yeah. just... It's just speculation right now, but even matt barrows, who who's one of the more connected guys with the organization, um, writes for the athletic. he also mentioned that there was talk that a vice president of football operations role could be opened up for John Lynch, thus opening paving the way for Adam Peters, the lead personnel guy, who's also very well regarded to kind of slide into the GM role and, and these would be a lot of a lot of moves that the team could make without really losing anybody. You know, like John Lynch would still be in the building and he'd still be probably helping out with drafts just as much. You know, Adam Peters would take the GM role and he'd he'd still be doing almost essentially what he was already be doing and Kyle Shanahan would obviously have his part and you wouldn't risk losing anybody like, you know, I'm sure there's there's Worry that eventually somebody's going to come calling for Adam Peters, and I'm sure the team wants to get out ahead of that as well. So I don't know, man. Crocker, do you have any other, any other unique thoughts about what do you, I mean? What is your opinion of John Lynch, and, and should the team be thinking about doing the same thing with him?
2: Um, I've seen some people um, with the good idea of promoting John Lynch to a higher position and also promoting Peters to a GM position. And that way, you were able to kind of keep the band together for a longer period of time. So, um, I think that's something like, you know, maybe that's in the works or, you know, maybe it's not, you know, I I don't know, but I I think that right now it seems, you know, like they have a good thing going and it felt, it's, it's felt like that the entire time, you know, it, it seemed like they have a really good balance, uh, between how they kind of balance different things off of each other. Um, I, I I think uh, Kyle respects. I think Kyle. I mean Kyle respects. Kyle respects Lynch. Kyle, he's the guy. He he's the big dog. He's the boss. He's the one that's in charge. But it does seem like that he you know he respects Lynch's opinion enough to kind of you know uh, you know the whole Garoppolo trade. You know, obviously that wasn't something that Kyle wanted. He wanted his guy. He wanted Cousins. So. I actually kind of wish maybe somebody would have been in his ear when he had a chance to draft Deshaun Watson or <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. But landing Jimmy Garoppolo has, you know, obviously worked out well, won a lot of games with him. And a lot of, I had, you know, 49 getting him had to do with more of John Lynch, you know, willing to, you know, pull the trigger on that, on that trade. And, and Shanahan kind of trusting in him. So I think they have a good thing going. I think they have a good balance. And, you know, I like them to, you know, keep the, keep the crew together and even more so than just like moves like that, you know, just, you know, the draft picks and, you know, obviously some have worked, some, you know, some haven't, but they've gotten a lot of high level guys, uh, whether, you know, later on rounds undrafted, you know, I think, I think Adam Peters has a lot to do with that. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I hope they're able to keep, you know, all those guys. That's
1: the thing I think they're going to they're going to want to do the most like we were talking about it's it's just a matter of you know keeping the like you said keeping the band together from from all the way to the top to the bottom is it's always going to be what creates success. Now obviously it could be detrimental if the guys you are keeping are not guys that should be kept, but right now there's nothing that any of these three have done. Sure they've missed on some draft picks, but that's normal like I've said in previous podcasts. Good general managers are like baseball batters. If you're hitting on picks a third of the time, you are considered a good general manager. That's just the like where it averages out. But, you know, the, the, these three together, if you're talking about John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and, uh, Kyle Shanahan and Adam Peters, um, they haven't done anything that would merit any other type of thought other than promotion, other than re-signing, other than keeping everybody around. So... To me, it's, it all makes sense. And and like I said earlier, I think the team probably has a sense whether or not teams around the league are going to start looking at Adam Peters. And that's probably somebody who they want to keep around. And the only way they're going to really be able to do that, because if another team is willing to promote him to a general manager role, the only way they're going to be able to keep Adam Peters around is, to, is by giving him that role within the building. Um, so... That is always an option. Right now, nothing but speculation. It's just a matter of kind of looking ahead and seeing seeing the obvious. If, if Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch were tied at the hip, Kyle Shanahan just got a new six-year deal, there has to be at least something being talked about behind the scenes with John Lynch. I don't think that Jed York would just be like, hey, Kyle, here's your six-year deal, and then kind of look over at John and then walk off. Like, you know, <laughs> It's just not how if we're going to sit here and talk about how Jed York has shown strides of maturity, then his, that would not be his move. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds and and if, if, if when that is and what it is. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting, but another thing moving on kind of along the news cycle is we're getting all these fancy schmancy pictures of the 49ers wide receiver core um, with tight ends involved as well. Um, that are doing their workouts with Jimmy Garoppolo, which obviously right now they would be pretty – I mean, they would feel like they had gotten work in because they would have had the off-season program. Well, there is no off-season program because of COVID-19. So the players are probably, in a sense, kind of having to create their own magic, if you will. So there is workouts going on. I believe they they were in San Jose. Now they've moved to Tennessee, which is where a lot of the, uh, the players had already been training and already been working. So I, I'm not sure exactly what makes Nashville the place to be. I mean maybe you know that answer Croc. I don't know what what makes Nashville the, 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 the hub of these workouts, but that's where they're all at now. And one of the more interesting elements of these workouts, because I guess, I mean, a quarterback working working with his wide receivers, even nowadays, is not necessarily surprising. But the, the biggest thing that stood out to me so far is Jalen Hurd. There was plenty of pictures of Jalen Hurd also taking part in these workouts, which the last we've heard from Jalen Hurd was, I believe, from John Lynch, basically saying Jalen Hurd had started running and was medically cleared by doctors to begin workouts and, you know, begin training to to pick up work as a wide receiver again. And if you're unaware, Jalen Hurd was the 49ers' third-round pick um, in 2019, correct? I always get the years. It's not, not last draft, but the year before that. Um, and he's a former running back from Baylor um, who – was a bit where was Jalen Hurter running back before he was a wide receiver at Baylor? It was at Tennessee, Tennessee. or Texas? Tennessee, Tennessee. Okay, so he was a, and he was a pretty successful running back at that. This dude's six five, two hundred and thirty 230 pounds, like that's a big ass running back, but he still did a good job and he, he easily eclipsed a thousand yards. Um, but when he moved to Baylor, he switched over to wide receiver and still got up near a thousand yards. I believe he was just shy, right around 900 yards in his final season as a receiver there. And he injured his back during the preseason after having a two-touchdown game against the against Dallas. He injured his back, and it was significant enough to where he didn't take part in the entire season. And, you know, back injury, injuries are finicky. You never really know what you're going to get. And there was a decent amount of uncertainty as to how much Jalen Hurd was going to be able to do, how soon he would be able to do it. Would he be able to come back and be in shape? Now, none of those answers are necessary. None of those questions are necessarily answered. But it is good to see Jalen Hurd taking part in these workouts because, to me, and you'll have to add more to this. Croc. to me, the idea of Jalen Hurd because me and me and Eric Crocker were equally intrigued by Jalen Hurd after they drafted him. We were both talking back and forth on Twitter. This was before the Striking Gold podcast. Um, Immediately
2: though, like as soon as he was picked. Um, I, I think I was on the road to like Los Angeles or something. So I'm watching stuff on my phone and I think you must've been watching maybe some of the same stuff as me because, you know, shortly after that, we ended up messaging each other and we were kind of like really kind of glowing about uh the potential of this guy and, and kind of how we felt about him.
1: Right. Cause my first inclination when they drafted him was like, ah, oh, man, like a, you know, a gadget player that Kyle Shanahan thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And, you know, it's like a project. And while some of that is still true, what we saw when watching Jalen Hurd was actually pretty impressive. Like the dude has a really good feel for routes and change of direction. Obviously, you know, a lot of those skills would translate from running back, you know, and, and the, the same type of skills you need to effectively cut and avoid, you know, defenders in space is, you know, it will help you run routes and and break away from coverage. But so we were pretty taken back by that. And it was it was just really disappointing that we that we didn't get to see him as a rookie other than that strong preseason performance. But I feel like to me, Jalen Hurd is probably one of the scariest X factors in that 49ers receiving core that if he's healthy and if he continues to develop Adding him to what seems like a pretty respectable offense with some pretty respectable weapons, you know, seeing as Brandon Ayuk develops, like to me he's the biggest. Like man, if this guy works out and they all work out together, like holy shish, this could be scary, you know, type of deal. And that's the way I think of Jalen Hurd. And and if you know, hopefully that's kind of what what is in the process of of maturing is, you know, these photos of him working out are, are just him being back to 100% and he's with the boys and he's getting his work in and, and he can take that next step. So I don't know, man, what are your, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, no, it, it's good to see him working out really more so for, you know, insurance purposes, you know, with all the doubts that, you know, we all kind of had in our minds. So I think more so than anything, it's, it's, that's the part that I, I kind of look you know forward to and, and and whatnot, you know, just seeing him run around. And there were a lot of questions about, you know, his love for the game and, you know, obviously the injury and will that, uh, you know, the impact it would have on him, I guess, basically, you know, kind of mentally. So it's good, man. It's good seeing him out there. It's good seeing him get after it. And, um, you know, there are a lot of ifs surrounding the 49ers receiving core. And I know we'll, we're, we're going to get to that group, but if, you know, guys, all going to camp healthy and ready to go. That's a that's a that's a very intriguing <laughs> that's a very intriguing room there.
1: Right, and that's the that's the biggest problem with the 49ers receivers right now is you have a couple very known quantities and like Debo Samuel, you know, pending something just wild that we wouldn't have foreseen. Obviously, he had a very involved and very promising rookie season. And you have George Kittle, who obviously is isn't a wide receiver, but he's a pass catcher, and we know what we're getting in him. You have Kendrick Bourne, who's firmly established himself as as if nothing more a go to guy. Like uh, he's reliable. The Forty Nine ers can can throw at him if they need to, and he can he can perform in the NFL. And Brandon Ayuk has a ton of promise, but he's a rookie. We have no idea. You know, I, I assume things will go well. You know, that's that's why the Forty Nine ers love them so much. But at the same time, you never know with these guys. And you know, so he's a question mark. And then Trent Taylor, we saw how good he can be, and especially me and Crocker saw how good he can be in training camp before he got hurt. You know, he he, he but he's still he's a question mark. We don't know for sure how is how he's gonna heal up. And then that's the same with Jalen Hurd. And so and that's the same with Dante Pettis. Is you know, Dante Pettis showed some, some pretty serious flashes, but you know, anyways, I don't want to talk about this too much because that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna start. We're gonna start tonight with our roster breakdown. Um, with just looking at it position by position. Um, and I, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like we shouldn't start this at 30 minutes, but at the same time, the first position we're going to hit on is quarterback. And it's just not that complicated of a talk. You know, yes, Crocker and I will touch on Jimmy Garoppolo and how everybody seems to find new ways to disrespect that guy. Um, but the quarterback is, is obviously a very mystery free position, unless you just want to dive, dive into the backup. So, we will start that today. Today we're going to touch on quarterbacks, and then next episode, as far as as, far as I know, um, we'll hit running backs, which obviously there's plenty to talk about there. So every week we'll be breaking down a new position, maybe sometimes two positions, um, just kind of assessing the status of the roster spots, where everybody is, um, what are some of the surprises, what are the competitions, who's fighting for what, and that way by the time training camp hits, which isn't that far off as everything stays on schedule, we'll have a much stronger grasp of the roster and and kind of what we expect to see. So quarterbacks, I mean, like I said, you have just a brief overview on who you've got on the roster. You have one, James Garoppolo. Then behind him, you have Nick Mullins, who seems to have clearly established himself as the primary backup. And then behind him is C.J. Beathard. Both C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins have had a ton of uh, starting experience relative to how long they've been in the league, and then behind them is Brock Rudder from North Central, who's a rookie. Uh, just a guy they brought in. I, I'm I'm I've not watched him. I don't know idea. I, I've looked at his stats. They're pretty impressive, but again, he wasn't a you know I don't, I don't I don't even know what division his school was in. So it's it's just interesting to look at, but. So I mean, Crocker, what are your what are your first thoughts? Obviously, I guess this whole conversation for the most part revolves around Jimmy Garoppolo, right?
2: Right. Um, you know, I'm happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think most fans are. Obviously, there's a hot debate. Um, anytime a quarterback, you know, ends up being either available or I don't even know. It seems like they find every reason to kind of come up with, you know topic to bring up Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you said, kind of disrespect him. But um, in all honesty, where, how I view Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, I, I think he's a very serviceable winning quarterback. And I feel like obviously you could win with him. Uh, we've seen teams, you know, win, you know, and when I say win with him, Blake Borders was a couple of minutes away from heading to the Super Bowl playing the the Patriots. so you know I don't I don't want to like make it seem like just anybody can go but I I think you are you are good with him I think his talent level as far as his you know arm strength uh mobility uh big play capability I think he depends a little bit more on scheme which there's no nothing wrong with that I think he executes it at a fairly high level, I think that he can take it to another level uh, with, you know, another year under his belt and the opportunity to kind of get a little bit more uh, comfortable in the offense. I think last year he spent a lot of time kind of, you know, rehabbing that knee. And I remember early in training camp, you know, you and I were kind of both there and it was just like, you know, or not even training camp. I mean, even after training camp, that the, the Broncos game uh, in the preseason where it was like he was trying not to put weight on it, and it was like there were bodies around it. And you could just tell he just wasn't comfortable at all. Well, I think this year he kind of has all that, you know, behind him. And I think now he can really focus more, not just on the playbook, but I think now, you know, the more you understand the playbook, the more you can kind of focus on the other things that make quarterbacks good, which is diagnosing defense and really understanding what the defense is doing. So I I think that part is going to kind of allow him to take his game to the next level. But – Overall, man, like Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I I think he's I think he's very solid. Um, he obviously puts up you know really good numbers. I think you'll see him cut down on on turnovers. Uh, I don't think he's this elite quarterback. I don't think he's elite talented quarterback, but he does do some things, a lot of things very well. So, yeah, you know I I don't have any issues with him, and I and again back to I mean. I, too much disrespect going on with him. He's a good starting quarterback in the NFL.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it to me, it's not something that you need to like. It's not something that to me you need to be emotionally attached to. Y- your opinion of Jimmy Garoppolo should not involve a lot of fire. Like either way, like if you think Jimmy Garoppolo is horrible, you've gone too far. If you think Jimmy Garoppolo is incredible, you've gone too far. Like he could. Be both of those things, I guess. I feel like if he were horrible, we would have kind of picked up on that already. But you know, and and coaches will always talk good about their players, but Kyle Shanahan, we know what kind of person he is and the things he say. And he usually keeps it pretty real. And, and he even said himself, like he feels like Jimmy Garoppolo has the potential to be one of the greatest quarterbacks. Whether you're talking about in the NFL now or depending on how he worded it, he could have meant like ever. Like he has a very high opinion of what Jimmy Garoppolo is capable of. That being said, it doesn't make Jimmy Garoppolo infallible. It doesn't, it still makes him inexperienced. He's, this is his, is going to be his, basically his third year in the 49ers scheme. He was there for a very short amount of time when he first showed up. Then he spent an entire year. Uh, you know, he was with the scheme, but he wasn't playing into it because he tore his ACL. And then last year was his first full season in in this scheme, out on the field, experiencing it, and the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Right. And 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 Jimmy Garoppolo made some bad throws in the playoffs. He had he had a few of them against the against the Minnesota Vikings that, that may have swayed Shanahan's opinion in saying, okay, let's run the ball a lot. But at the same time, we saw how well the 49ers were running the ball. And that to me, the 49ers' entire playoff run last year was never an indictment of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, it's just smart game planning. Like, if you can, if you're averaging like, you know, a first down every two runs in the playoffs, then you will be laughed out of the building if you go away from that. And that's kind of, you know, the situation changed it a little bit but that's kind of what happened towards the end of the super bowl is is the 49ers were having the same type of success on the ground against the chiefs um for the most part and and they started to kind of get away from it as the game kind of got away from them which i i'm assuming as a coach it's probably hard to do is to to know that either the other team's Gaining on you, or you're now behind on the scoreboard, and time's running out. And you know the last thing you want to do is continue to pound the rock. I'm assuming that's a tough spot to be in. But the 49ers' run game was working really well against the Chiefs too. But to me, that was never an indictment of Garoppolo. We've seen that. It's just it's amazing how often people talk about Garoppolo and the fact that, and they talk about the playoffs and the 49ers' run game, but then they don't talk about the games throughout the season where the 49ers would have gotten blasted if it wasn't for Garoppolo they right. would have lost to the Cardinals twice if it wasn't for Jimmy Garoppolo and they would not have beaten the Saints if it wasn't for Jimmy Garoppolo and there's probably some other games in there that you could squeeze that in you know depending on how you watch the game and and, and how you judge these throws like to me he's a court like like Crocker said he's a quarterback you can win with and he's a quarterback that and this seems kind of like an offhanded like a compliment but it would be tough to upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you would be with, you know, you would be taking You would have to have a high, seemingly have to have a high draft pick. You'd have to take a risk on that and getting a quarterback, you'd have to ruffle some feathers. You'd have to hope that quarterback worked out or by some miracle, some, some big time free agent becomes available and, you know, and, and a lot of people would say, oh, well, that was Tom Brady. Well, at the same time, that that guy's like 42, 43 years old at the very end of his career. So there's some other things that go into that. But to me, that, that's my point is that Jimmy Gravelo is a quarterback that can win you games. And, and yeah, he's had some boneheaded mistakes. But And, and to me, the other thing that, that I can hear people saying in, in the back of my head right now is I'm, when I say he's not going to lose you games, people are going to say, well, he missed that throw against the Chiefs. To to Manuel Sanders and it's like, dude, really? Like your whole opinion's going to be based off one low percentage deep throw, like heaved way. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he obviously things would be talked about a lot different if he would have hit that throw, but like that's not the one. Like that's to me, that's not the one. But so I mean, I have just I just my opinion of Jimmy Garoppolo is is he's a like an eight to twelve quarterback. He's not now that contracts have evolved. He's I don't even know if he's a top 10 paid quarterback. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. He's outside the top 10 as far as what he's making, which to me seems right about where he should be. You know, there's just not a lot going on there that's worth complaining about for me. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with more time in the system. And, and, and again, like we were saying earlier, it's more time in the system where he's healthy and he's not thinking about an ACL and he's just becoming a more mature quarterback and, and a more experienced quarterback. And, you know, it's just, there's not a lot of intrigue with the, with the 49ers quarterback position. Now you get to Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, both of which we've seen, I think the general um, and wide ranging opinion is that Nick Mullins is the better option, but the 49ers have kept all three since they've been with the organization and I mean, it, it hasn't really, it hasn't really harmed them. You know, they haven't needed him other than, you know, after they haven't needed them after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt and they, they got to see him both during that season and Nick Mullins seemed like the better option, but again, the neither quarterback was, I don't know, like, like all that impressive, I guess you could say. I mean, sure. There were times when Nick Mullins made some pretty cool throws, but I mean, if you look at Nick Mullins stats, he started eight games. The team went three and five. He threw thirteen touchdowns and ten interceptions. Like you know, kind of the basic stats: twenty-two hundred yards. Then you go look at CJ Beathard, and he has started. He still last season he started five games. The team was zero and five. He threw eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. So you know, there's just not a lot of a lot to glean from that. I mean, it's their backups. That's what they do. And I there know are, they- there
2: are things that. I like from, you know, both quarterbacks. Uh, one, with with Mullins, you know, I'm very confident that, you know, in a pinch, if, the you know, say Grappler went down and maybe he has to miss a game or two, uh, I think that I, I don't feel like, you know, the 49ers just like, oh, man, like, well, we just lost these next two games. I think he can win a game or two. Like, I, I think he can, you know, run the offense at an efficient level. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people kind of point to Garoppolo's turnovers, but I think uh, Mullins turned the ball over a little too much. But um, again, just kind of like Garoppolo, just, you know, another year in the system, uh, something that could help him. And I I think Mullins, yeah, I kind of like, I like him as a functional backup. I think some people try to look at him as like this really good, like this guy could be a starter. I don't think he's that. I think he's a functional backup. Uh, when it comes to C.J. Beathard, I, I think I know what Shanahan and those guys seeing him and why they struggle to kind of let him go. Um, you know, he probably throws the best deep ball on the team. He's by far the most athletic quarterback that the 49ers have. Um, he's extremely tough. If you look at some of those games early on, he there's some games, I know people will point to, like, his record. And he, and he did have some bad games. Like, I remember the Cardinals game. I don't know how many times he turned the ball over, but it was just, like, trash. Like, it was terrible. Both Cardinals games in that year. But he battled his butt off against the Chargers, and if it weren't for a ball going off of Selig's hands at the goal line, uh, 49ers probably win that game. He was tough as nails. Um, he battled his butt off against the, against the Packers in Lambeau Field on, like, the biggest stage. Where he just threw nice ball after nice ball, he's he's really athletic. I remember in the preseason of I want to say maybe his rookie year, he had like a seventy eight yard touchdown run against the Chargers. So I, right. I get why they want to why they keep giving him opportunities. Um, it when it's good, it looks really good. And again, like going back to that Packers game, man, he was going toe toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. And that wasn't the same kind of defense that the 49ers have now. Like, he had to keep scoring. Um, and I, I was really impressed with how he performed there and against the uh, Chargers going toe-to-toe with uh, Phillip Rivers. But at the end of the day, man, it's about wins and losses. And he's on 5 and he had a couple terrible outings against the Cardinals. And it's kind of hard for people to overlook. But I, I just say all that to say he's more talented than Nick Mullins. But obviously, talent's not everything. Gotta be able to put, you know, you gotta have it upstairs. You gotta be able to process things fast. And I, I don't know if that's what he's missing or he just had bad luck. But uh, it's kind of unfortunate, man. But he's he has talent. He has talent. And we I know a lot of people they just hear the name better and it's just like, oh, trash. He, <laughs> you know, he, you know, he can do. He can. There's something there, but it, it's just not there. <laughs> yeah. so anyways, I write that I, I one gotta, down folks there's there's it, something
1: there but but it's just not there
2: it's just not there so yeah. I, I get why they kind of like him well and I, and I think uh, Nick Mullins
1: style and way of playing the quarterback position kind of more closely mirrors Jimmy Garoppolo's like there's those two seem to have a lot more in common in the way they play Nick Mullins also has a super fast release not a whole lot of arm strength and and that's kind of where Jimmy Garoppolo is, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's got a stronger arm and a faster release, but they're 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 similar, and and you're right. Like G- C.J. Beathard's deep ball is crazy, you know. Like it, he just seems like he's got a knack for it, and the way he throws it, it's pretty. But it's only one small f- part of the equation, and and I feel like if you took a a poll around the league, and you know, if 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 you could have if you could show interest or if you could have either of these two 49ers backup quarterbacks, I think Nick Mullins would be the clear favorite. Um, and I, and Nick Mullins has had some rumored interest um, from other teams. I just feel like the 49ers like him. Um, he's inexpensive. They want to hold on to him because they feel like Crocker feels in a pinch. If maybe, you know, the game, you know, let's say there's a, a half left and, and they need Nick Mullins to come in and just keep the game out of reach. I feel like that's somebody they're confident. They're, they're confident he can do that. And so, and I feel like the 49ers like Nick Mullins more and they know that other teams are going to like Nick Mullins more. And that's probably why there's been some rumored interest in him. And I don't think, the, I think the 49ers are probably, have probably priced Nick Mullins high enough to where it, it's, most teams are going to be, you know, uh, pushed away by the, by the asking price, whether that's a, I don't know, third round pick, fourth round pick, whatever it is. You're talking about an undrafted quarterback, but but it's an undrafted quarterback that proven he can at least play in the NFL. So, you know, it's interesting. And maybe this is the year where one of them goes, you know, maybe this is the year where the 49ers go into the, you know, especially with the talent on this roster climbing and the battle, the battle for other roster spots coming you know, becoming more difficult and more hotly contested. Maybe this is a year where they can't feel they don't feel like they can keep three quarterbacks on the roster, and and maybe we see some movement in training camp. One of them goes. One of them is finally cut. You know, near the end of who knows. It's it's all speculation at this point, but that's where it is. You have fourth string quarterback Brock Brock Rudder, um, and and he has some pretty eye popping stats from college. I mean, he threw for. Almost 4,600 yards, 56 touchdowns, only five interceptions. But I don't even really know a whole lot about the school he played for, the North Central Cardinals. I don't know where that falls in terms of competition. Probably not. Like, he's just the fourth string quarterback that the team signed as an undrafted free agent. He's added, you know, this, I don't expect this guy to be like the next Nick Mullins and, you know, earn a spot on the roster and stuff like that. But I mean, he's worth mentioning. Kind of want to disrespect the guy. Um, it's just, you know, it's Jimmy Garoppolo and then who knows what happens behind him. We'll see. Um, but the biggest take to me though, is, is is I am looking forward to seeing what Jimmy Garoppolo can do with another year under his belt and without any, the injury is probably out of his mind at this point. You know, he's not focused on it anymore. He's not, he's not moving like he's, you know, everything's back to normal. I assume for him and it's just time to focus on learning probably one of the most difficult if not the most difficult offenses in the NFL. So, we'll see and I and I feel like that plays a huge role in it. Like your comfort level within a system is going to determine how well you do everything else and how quickly you do it. So when it comes to reading defenses and becoming accustomed to how defenses react to certain formations and which player is going to go where, you know, now he's moving into that realm. Whereas last year he was probably focused more on himself and making sure he just didn't end up missing a season again. So, you know, I don't know. It's, I mean, there's just not a whole lot of intrigue with the quarterback position, but there's still plenty to talk about when it comes to your opinion with of one James Garoppolo. But I'm looking forward to it. It'll be interesting. I, I you know, for now the 49ers can should just consider some consider themselves blessed that they don't have to worry about that position when a lot of teams do. You know, that speaking of worrying about quarterbacks, everybody's all hyped up about Tom Brady's jersey pictures. <laughs> I don't know, man. you get all excited? I mean, I guess Tampa Bay fans would get all excited about that. But I've, all those pictures and stuff were posted on social media. And I was like, they're like, ooh. I was like, it looks like Tom Brady in a football uniform that just looks a little different.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it would excite me, you know.
1: Uh, if you're a Bucks fan, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm if sure.
2: I were a Bucs fan, because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of excitement over there. They weren't far. I mean, they were a 7 to nineteen with a quarterback that threw 30 interceptions. So, well, I mean,
1: dude, think about – The, the, I mean, not that, I mean, we're, this is obviously not 49ers land anymore, but think about the, the talent that is on that offense. That is by far, I mean, if you're going to look at an offense that ever anything like maybe the Randy Moss days, Tom Brady has never had anything close to that. You know what I mean? Like anything close to what he's going to have in Tampa Bay. OJ Howard, Mike Evans, CJ Godwin, um, Rob Gronkowski, who, I mean, like, I guess their running backs are kind of whatever, but we're talking about Tom Brady. He's throwing the ball. I'm right. still
2: kind of high on Rojo. I like Rojo.
1: Yeah, he kind of came into his own a little bit there towards the end uh, of the season. But, yeah, anyways, that's awesome. But, I mean, that's pretty much it next week we're going to get into running backs, which there's plenty of talk about with those guys. That's a, that's like a very interesting group of players that it should be pretty clear, but you never know. You got any, I mean, is there any, did we miss any, any other 49ers stuff
2: there, Crock? No, I think that's, I think that's about right.
1: You think that's it? Okay. I think so too, but you never know. i I miss some things from time to time and I haven't eaten dinner yet. So it's like, it's my brain <laughs> working. You know, I got tacos on deck though. So, um, but yeah, I think that cut that's that's it for this week. like probably stuff that you guys didn't necessarily obviously none of the stuff we had to say about quarterbacks would surprise you guys. You've heard it plenty of times from other people plenty of times from here, but it's worth mentioning and and it's it's worth talking about because that's what being thorough means. And that's it for us for another week. I mean, that was a like always we're just 50 minutes in a hurry. Um Next week, like I said, we're going to hit running backs. We're going to, and that's fun to talk about. We may get to another position. Maybe we'll get offensive line. Maybe we'll get tight ends. We'll see. I don't know what order we want to do it yet. Um, as always, find us on Twitter. Me at Rob underscore louder L O W D E R. Track down Crocker at Eric underscore Crocker. Tell us you like the pond. Tell us we suck. Tell us what we said that was stupid. Tell us what we said that was smart. You know, if you feel like talking, hit us up. Um, but again as always I appreciate you guys if you're listening to this right now that means you've tolerated us for 54 minutes exactly and I appreciate that every week so we will see you one week from today but for this week Striking Gold is signing out